This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joining us now, Paul Henning. He was the founder of Save Our Bucks and the movement. And I wanted to talk with him as we're now coming somewhat full circle. If we get into the finals, it'll be even more so. But uh, Paul, how you been, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Bill? We're doing well. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when we are sitting here talking about the Pfizer Forum and what this could possibly bring, and then it wasn't even named the Pfizer Forum. It was just the new Bradley Center or Bucks Arena. Uh, and now to watch all of this kind of begin to grow. And it's not done growing. That's the best part. You've got the Mecca now. You've got the, the Punch Bowl. You've got all those di- drink Wisconsinably. Now you've got the Bradley Center coming down and hotels and, you know, other things getting ready to go up. It's it's I don't I didn't expect it this fast, but boy, just absorbing it all, it's been great for the state. Yeah, it really is fantastic. Uh, we went down last night and uh, tried to get there as early as we could. Um, ended up parking quite a few blocks away and coming down on Fourth Street. You can kind of look over the whole area, and we just saw a significant amount of people that I did not even expect. You know, my expectations keep getting raised every time. You know, game five, I thought it was pretty insane. And looking back on the season, you know, that area wasn't activated at the beginning of the season. So, you know, at the home opener, none of that was open. There was no punch bowl. There was no good city. There was no Mecca bar. Uh, So just to see the progress that has been made throughout the season and the timing that they were able to uh, get all those uh, bars uh, open and ready and functional for a playoff run uh, has just been phenomenal. And, 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 you know, people are making it a destination. People are going down there without tickets. Uh, the TNT crew stage, you know, took it to another level. And uh, after we got out of the game, ended up hanging around down there. There was a lot of people uh, surrounding the stage. I couldn't even hear it, so I ended up going over to the beer garden where they had the stage or the screen set up you could listen to audio and it was just it was just so surreal and it just uh you know i'm hearing stories from people that say you know i i haven't been back in milwaukee in forever and i have a buddy or i have a friend i have a, a family member that hasn't been here in forever and they just it's a whole new world it's really a whole new world down there so the game itself uh the bucks came out a little i don't want to say flat but they came out a little bit uh We'll say uh, less enthusiastic than uh, than Toronto did. That being said, they 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 got a hard fought win. This was a grinded out win. Uh, something Giannis said, something Budenholzer said. Guys reverberated afterwards. They said this: we needed this type of game to be able to kind of go through and forge through something like this as the postseason continues. How big of a game was this last night for the Bucks? I mean, it was absolutely huge. I mean, you heard Giannis talking about. Uh... You know, learning a lesson from losing game one versus the Celtics, and they didn't want that to happen again. So they had the right mindset. They, were, they had the right uh, energy on the defensive end. They were getting uh, the right shots. You know, 34 out of 44 of their threes were wide open. Uh, so they were getting good looks. They just weren't going down, which is, uh, you know, something that you can attribute to the uh, too many days of rest uh, theory where uh, shooters were just playing out of rhythm. Uh, but they stuck with their defensive principles. They stuck with moving the ball. Um, they got stuck a few times where they went into too many ISOs. But 
are generally uh, they stuck with playing with the way that they're supposed to play and, and within their identity. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, they were really able to turn it up to another level, and Toronto just plain ran out of gas. So uh, being able to take away a lot of things from this game, uh, you don't want to feel good about how they shot, uh, but you don't want to feel good about the fact that they gave up to a, a career game to, to Kyle Lowry at this point in his career. Um, but they overcame a lot of things, and, and you can look at it like you know that was Toronto's possibly best shot uh, to get a win, and, and with the way that they were playing, uh, how deflated uh, they have to feel today that they did so many things right and the result wasn't what they wanted. And, and the Bucks um, are able to learn a lot of things about this matchup because you couldn't really take too much from the uh, regular season games because we're both different teams right now. Uh, so the Bucks can go back and they can fix a lot of things and they really can play a lot better than they did uh, in game one. I, uh, I find it uh, soothing that Brogdon comes in and gives you 15 when the two guys that could very arguably have been up to this point, some of the uh, unsung heroes, the MVPs of the postseason for the Bucks, and George Hill and Pat Connaughton, the way they played both defensively and offensively, those guys didn't score. The fact that Ilya Silva comes in and gives you seven, uh, even though he was one for four beyond the arc, the fact that other guys are giving you moments when George Hill and Pat Connaughton aren't, this just emphasizes how deep this team is. It really does. It really does because, you know, when it comes down to the role players like Pat Connaughton and George Hill, while they've had, you know, key roles in specific games, you're not going to get that kind of a game out of them every single night. Uh, so it, it goes back to being your, your top five, six guys that really need uh, to contribute. And, and Malcolm Brogdon, he, he just came back in game five versus Celtics. So that was his only game action in a month. And now they had a week off. Uh, he led the Bucks in plus-minus last night because he was hitting those threes. Uh, he gave a really good style of minutes. Uh, he had uh, some minutes that he was given defensively towards Kawhi Leonard. Um, he was just, you know, same old Malcolm Brogdon. He was just solid uh, all-around game, solid all-around contributor, and really a piece that the Bucks are going to need to step up uh, to win this series and to, you know, possibly compete and win in the NBA Finals. So the Bucks get a win. They it wasn't pretty. Now they move on to game two. What do you expect in game two? Uh, I expect Nick Nurse to make a number of adjustments. Looking at the uh, stat sheet, you can see that the the, the Toronto starters played a lot of minutes uh, coming off of Game Seven. That's not really a sustainable uh, plan. And the thing that stuck out to me was Serge Ibaka only played seventeen minutes last night. Marcus All played thirty nine forty minutes. Uh, I expect that to shift a bit. I think we're going to see a lot more Serge Ibaka. He's been a Bucks killer the last few years, and he's a guy that you know can change the, the lineups, change the matchups, and I think they're going to look to get him going again uh, because they just weren't attacking the Bucks in the way that they really should have been. Um, so I expect that the Bucks are going to need to be ready for uh, some more small ball lineups, uh, some more Serge Ibaka on Giannis and uh, they're going to look to change it up, and they're really going to try to get Danny Green going again uh, because he hasn't gotten hot, and he's a guy that can really torch you and hit five or six threes in a night. So they're going to look to make some adjustments um, that the Bucks are, you know, I'm sure Boonholzer will have them ready for those. What do you think uh, the Bucks? what do you think the Bucks do, if anything, defensively different? Uh, I mean, I thought they did pretty well defensively, uh, you know, Syakin has been a guy that's been, been burning them uh, in recent uh, games. Uh, he went six for 20 last night. 
Uh, so I thought Giannis did a pretty good job on, on him. He was pretty upset at that buzzer beater three at the end of the third quarter. Um, they made Kawhi work for his points. Kawhi uh, got shut down and, and wasn't able to do anything in the fourth quarter. So um, everybody that's talking about Middleton and you know saying he's not living up to what he's supposed to be, you know, I, I think they're not really looking at the entire game and both sides of the ball because uh, I thought Middleton was good last night. He can definitely be better. Um, but uh, they're throwing bodies at, at both Giannis and Middleton uh, that they're getting adjusted towards. Uh, you know, the, the Raptors have, uh, you know, between Kawhi and Sack, and those are some pretty long arms uh, that can disrupt passing lanes and, and get in those guys' faces. So um, I think the Bucks are just going to stick with who they are and, and what they've been. Um, and, and their shots are going to fall. I don't, I don't expect uh, Boone Holzer to change his starting lineup. Um, I don't think that uh, they're going to shoot at nearly as poorly. Because, like I said, they, they were getting good looks last night. And defensively, they were sound and they were solid. So I think uh, they're just going to keep you know doing what they're doing, and they're just going to keep grinding. And, and there wasn't really anything that was too bad of a matchup. You know, Lowry burned Bledsoe pretty good. And Bledsoe, you know, has his moments where he's uh, he looks like, you know, the second-best player on the Bucks when he's uh, getting to the rack and, and he's really attacking the throat of the defense. Uh, but then there's also times where he's just kind of floating. Um, so it's it's always Budenholzer's job to try to keep Bledsoe focused, and that's something that seems to be uh, something that always needs to be done. So, uh, But he tends to bounce back as well after four outings, so I think we'll see uh, better games out of Middleton and Bledsoe offensively in game two. How much have we discovered about Giannis uh, and the way he has played uh, this postseason? Because to me, he has played differently because of necessity. And by that I mean, and I'm not downgrading him, I'm basically saying, hey, look, he's a guy that that in a certain, I guess, circumstance, they, they're building walls. So he's having to figure out a different game. So he's dishing the basketball. This is not something he's accustomed to. And to me, he's also become a tougher player because of it. Yeah, you can really see him continue to grow and develop. And, and Giannis would tell you himself that he doesn't uh, think that he's reached his apex of development. And he can continue to get better for a number of years, which is a really unbelievable thing to think about. But, yeah, I mean, when we're uh, – I had a few friends telling me earlier today, you know, we really haven't seen Giannis fully be activated Giannis in this postseason. Uh, the game is slowing down. There's more half-court sets. They're obviously building a wall and trying to close off the paints so that Giannis doesn't get on transition, start throwing down dunks, and then before you turn around, it's a 20-point bucks lead. So uh, they really are grinding it out in the playoffs. You know, that's something that comes up year after year, no matter what kind of style is popular uh, with, with the NBA right now. Things slow down in the postseason. And the Bucks aren't really a, a precise half-court team. So Giannis is really learning to be patient and wait for the double team, find his open guy because we have the space. They know where they're going to be. They have their hot zones. Um, but Giannis, uh, you know, still can take it to another level uh, because he's really just – he was trying to probe last night, probe last night, but uh, they're shutting down those lanes. They're shutting down the paint a bit. Um, and it's just a matter of guys continuing to trust the system. And, you know, like Bud says, let it fly. And they were doing that last night. They just weren't going down. Um, but, you know, having a guy like Brooke Lopez uh, lead the team in shots, which, you know, if you saw that without seeing anything else, you would say that's probably not what you want. Um, but he was able to uh, mix it up a bit. You know, he wasn't hitting threes early. He 
he was uh, attacking the rim, uh, trying to exploit a few mismatches in the paint, and then that kind of got him comfortable and going, and, and that kind of built up uh, what happened in the fourth quarter where he knocked down three threes. Paul, always good. Enjoy it because this is what we've been waiting for, and it's finally here, and hopefully they can continue this uh, all throughout the rest of the postseason. We'll talk some more, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bill. Appreciate Talk it, pal. Later. Talk to you soon. There you go. Paul Henning from uh, – from he was part of the Save Our Bucks movement, and, and now you're seeing a lot of the uh, the want that uh, many of us needed to get out there when it came to keeping uh, the Bucks here in the Fiserv Forum and the development uh, of that district down there. It's really all coming to fruition, and no matter what part of the state you're in, if you were watching that last night, you had to feel a lot of pride in what was going on and what has been built in downtown Milwaukee, which has become one of the uh, – one of, not the, but one of – the crown jewels in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, he joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been getting it done. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.